G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Connecting faith to life. Vision. The story. The only way for me to survive, it was to put me in a hospital for children which are sick with tuberculosis. And I stayed there for 10 years old without knowing my real name, without knowing my age, my birthday, and without even knowing that I have a family. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today, frankly, we have one that's quite heart-wrenching. Ulazana was born into a poor family in Moldova. Her mother left her father because she was being beaten. In desperation, baby Ulazana was put into a home for children with tuberculosis, even though she didn't have it, and was given the medicine like a regular patient until she was 10 years old. She thought her troubles would be over when she was finally reunited with her mother, but that's when things got worse. Fortunately, that's not how the story ends. If you are a regular listener, you know that Philip Cameron was recently a guest. He's the founder of a ministry that runs homes in Moldova, designed to rescue orphan girls. The ministry is called Stella's Voice, and when Ulazana finally came to live there, that is when her life began to turn around in a wonderful way. Ulazana is chatting with Shelley Scowen. You're in Australia for a little while, getting around and talking to people. Uh, is Australia pretty different to your home in Moldova? Oh, yes, very much. It's different. Yeah? How is it different? Well, uh, first, I think the people are very different because here people are more nice and polite and uh, especially they are very happy and smiling faces to you. Um, when in Moldova, you don't have this because of all the poverty and all the hard life they are very sad and nobody smiles to you wow yes and also like the view and the houses are so different and it's just so different so how are the houses different well in moldova um, the conditions are very bad for example in the big city um, it's quite nice but after you're going like five miles away, there's no electricity, there's no water, um, it just wells and um, broke houses and it's, there's no roads. It's so different. Mm. I think we in Australia sometimes forget how good we have it. Uh, we have all these luxuries right here in our houses and we forget that there are so many places around the world that don't have those things. Yeah. So tell us about your life and how you came to be in Stella's house. There's quite a story behind it. You, I'm told, uh, that you spent your first 10 years in a tuberculosis hospital, but you didn't actually have tuberculosis. Yes. Well, um, my mom and especially all, my whole family was one of the richest family from the village. So my mom went to Russia to study there, and there she met my father. And um, after she met my father, my father began to beat her very much because that's how he was. And uh, she had three babies, and she was with me pregnant. 
and she ran away from him because she knew that it would be the same with us and she wanted to save our lives. So she ran away in Moldova and she lost everything that she had. So the only way for me to survive, it was to put me in a hospital for children which are sick with tuberculosis because it was the only place that could receive these little children like me. But I didn't have any problems with my health. I was a normal child, totally normal. And I stayed there for 10 years old without knowing um, my real name, without knowing um, my uh, age, my birthday, and um, without even knowing that I have a family. Wow. So did you think that you were an orphan at that stage? I noticed that. I noticed that every children from that hostel had almost everyone had uh, some parents and they used to uh, be visited by their parents and being hugged and loved by their parents. And I saw the difference between them and me because I was just a child, but I understood that by feeling those moments. Wow. And I mean, you would understand a lot when you're only 10 years old, but you would pick up a lot. I understand that you were even given the tuberculosis medications. What was that like? Yes, that's very true. Um, Every day, I don't know why that's so weird, just except Sunday, I didn't receive pills. Like, I was every day receiving pills, but Sunday, no. Um, And... Uh, for me, it was very hard, I think, for my body, because I was so skinny. You can't even imagine how skinny I was. And uh, also, I started to forget many things. And for me, it was very hard uh, to learn, study. Very hard because of those m- medicals. Yeah, yeah. And so you did have the opportunity to learn and study in the hospital there? Yes, we heard there. There was like uh, a school and we we started to learn, but um, I didn't know to read until fourth grade, until I was 10 grade, 10 years old, and I went to the orphanage and when stopped. Yeah, and so that's when you started learning how to read at the orphanage then? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, how I, start, how I ended up in an orphanage yeah. is when I was um, in fourth grade, a woman came to me and she said, hi, I'm your mother. And I was like, wow. Um, and after that, she said, well, you have more three sisters, and if you want to see them, you need to go to the orphanage. So um, for me, it wasn't important where I'm going. For me, it wasn't important so much the place that I will stay. Uh, the only thing that in that moment I heard and brought joy to my heart, it was that I have a family. Mm. Yeah, well, that's exciting to hear that you've got a family. But then I guess the next question is, where have they been all this time? Why did the other kids end up at the orphanage and you ended up at the hospital? Because I was a baby. When my mom born me, she didn't have where to put me. My sister were older than me. I was the youngest one. Right. So that hostel received these little babies. So that's why I ended up there. Wow. I guess that must have been an amazing moment then to know that you did have family. Yes, I was so happy. And in that moment, like, it started to raise a flame of hope inside of me. Because in that hostel, I hated myself so much and I hated everything around me. And I was so broke. 
because I was alone every time. Um, and I would see how other children, they, um, they have these parents, they have this family, and they have a sister or a brother, but I would always be, be alone. So for me, it was so important to know that I belonged to someone. And that moment, it, it changed my world when I heard that I have a family. Uh, but then you ended up in an orphanage. Was there a reason why your mum didn't take you back at that stage? Well, um, because my mom told me that I have more sisters, so I went to the orphanage, so I stayed there uh, with my sisters um, until 16 in the orphanage. Right, and that's when you kind of, you turn too old to be in the orphanage and you come out of there. Uh, yes. That's another story in itself. But tell us about life at the orphanage in Moldova. What was, what were conditions like there? What was it like? Well, first I want to say that the first, I still remember the first day when I went to the orphanage because that was one of my hardest days from my life. Um, and, um, when I went to the orphanage, um, I went with that excitement and with that hope to meet my sisters, to meet my sisters. And when I meet my sisters, um, that day was so hard for me because my sister told me that our mom, she's mental sick and um, we need to run away from her. And uh, that shocked me so much and that for me made my world even worse than it was before. Because uh, that hope that raised in me, that hope destroyed in just um, one moment. Yeah. And it was so hard for me to hear those words. And the orphanage, um, my mom sometimes, she used to visit us. But uh, I remember like so many times we used to run away from her. And I still remember how uh, we used to, um, I used to look on the window watching her, how she is going uh, from the orphanage um, on the gate. And it was so hard to know that the person that uh, should love you and should accept you the way how you are, um, you would run away from her. And, wow. Um, that broke my heart so much. And uh, from that moment, I started to hate every Mother's Day. Because yes. it would remind about her and about all the hard moments running away from her and hiding from her from the only person that uh, gave birth to you and um, that I was hoping for her that will come and love me. Wow, that's so sad and it's so different to the way that a relationship with a mother really should be. Yeah, but in the orphanage the conditions were very bad too and like the the food was horrible and... Uh, the teachers sometimes were so bad with us and calling us bad words. And um, if you wouldn't do what they would tell to do, you would be beaten by them. And um, But I think not those things were mm, so hard for us than knowing that um, other children, they have this opportunity to have a family and you don't. That, I think, was the hardest things for us to know that... Um, we don't belong to someone and mm. um, hearing every day that you are a mistake and being told that uh, you are nothing and nothing plus nothing is nothing. Um, you start to believe that and every day you, you are growing with these words in your, in your heart and in your mind. 
that you think that this world for you means nothing and you are nothing in this world. Yeah. So it was very hard, more spiritually and inside of you than everything around you and uh, then the bad food and the bad conditions. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Ulazana from Moldova, and we're hearing her story of a childhood filled with heartache and pain. But next, we'll find out how it all turned around after she came to live in an orphanage for girls run by the ministry Stella's Voice. That and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowan, chatting with Ulazana from Moldova. We've heard how she lived in a home for children with tuberculosis, even though she didn't have it, and was given medicine like a regular patient until she was 10 years old. Now we'll hear the rest of Ulazana's story. So when did it turn around then? When did things start looking better for you in terms of uh, how you felt about all of that? Well... When I went, when I came to Stella's house, that's when things changed very much. Yeah, so things didn't improve a whole lot for you at the orphanage then? No. Well, the only thing that got better is that all the treatment stopped and I started to be the best at school. Wow. So, yes, first year I started to learn how to read, like in five grade. I started to read and I was like in the middle, but from sixth grade, I started to be the best in the school at all, all everything. So that because um, I knew that you have to fight in this life if you want to be someone, and that education will help you so much. And because the treatment stopped, that helped me to learn better and to be better in school. Yeah, that's always going to be a good thing. So there were starting to be some signs of positive change there at the orphanage. But you knew you were getting older and you were turning 16. And what happens when you turn 16? You just kind of get kicked out onto the street pretty much, don't you? Yes. When you are 16, you have to go from the orphanage. You wow. have to go. You don't have another. And because orphanage is your own place and sometimes for us, I can call it for me, it was like a home because I didn't have a place or to stay. Mm. I was like going on the streets, I didn't, I didn't know where to go. So I went to a summer camp and I prayed the whole summer for God to find me a place or to stay. So the answer was Stella's voice. And here you are at Stella's voice and Stella's house. It's an incredible place where some amazing things are happening. How long have you lived in Stella's house? How, how old are you now? Oh, 19. 19. So you've been there for three years. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. What change has it made in your life? Um, I think it changed my whole life because um, I didn't have first, I didn't have a place or to stay. So in every moment, um, if I would be in the streets, in every moment somebody would come to me and tell me, hey, I have a job for you, and I would accept it without knowing where I'm going because I didn't have any opportunity or to go. 
so it gave me a place, a safe place where to stay. And also, we have a church, and um, I've heard about the perfect love and about the unchangeable love and the love that accepts you the way how you are and doesn't matter what happened in your past and um, the love that will never fail and um, the love that is just so perfect and that tells you every day that you are not a mistake and that God doesn't have orphans. No, what was it like to be told that you're a child of God? I think um, this feeling you cannot explain through words. They are so powerful and they are so uh, personal and they are... Um, they are uh, I think I, I don't have words to explain this. It just... You can... It just... I don't know how to explain it. Mm. It's so powerful um, knowing that um, you were created by a perfect God and... Um, you were created by the one who created the whole universe and the one that can have power to heal and to uh, to do miracles and to be called a child of him. That's, that's a huge privilege and that's... Um, um, my words cannot explain this. It just... You can understand by yeah. feeling it and it's heart to heart. Yeah. You are doing some amazing things there, Ulazana. So many ministries being done by the people that are being ministered to. Tell us about the church that you guys have set up. Well, we started our old church, and every day, like um, every day, we have outreaches and we are going to feed the homeless. And also, one of the most important things that I love at our church is that um, we are inviting our parents that uh, they use that once they used to give away of us and um, now we are inviting them to our church and to tell them that uh, we forgive them and it doesn't matter how hard it was in our past, um, there is a love that tells us to forgive and there is a love that tells us to love each other and to accept each other because he accepted us the way how we were. Yeah. Well, you've been accepted the way you are, so now you can accept others as well. Yes. What else is going on at Stella's house? Um, we also are going to different orphanages, and we are telling them about um, how God changed our lives, and we are telling, hey, look, uh, I used to be like you. I am one of you, and um, there is hope. Is You can have a future, and... Um, we are an example. Mm. God changed our lives. You can be changed too if you accept this. Yeah. And that's giving real hope to those kids in the orphanages as well. And also it shows them that there are options that they can go and stay in a safe place, let alone the amazing spiritual transformation that takes place in Stella's house and the other houses as well. How many houses are there now like Stella's house? Well, we have two, now we have two houses um, for the girls and also Stella's one and Stella's two. Also we have an opportunity house for the senior girls and also now we have two houses that are in construction and a church, a huge church between them. And also we have uh, Providence, at, uh, the first Christian um, orphanage in Moldova and we have... Um, Simon's house that is um, a house for the boys. 
Wow. Okay, it just keeps growing and growing. In talking to Philip Cameron a couple of weeks ago, he was saying that they can't update their website fast enough with the details because uh, these new houses and things are just getting built so quickly, which is really exciting to see that uh, people in countries like Australia are giving to this work to enable houses like where you're staying at the moment, Stella's House, to be built What would you say to people who are considering giving to uh, this ministry? What would you say to those who are thinking about giving some money? Um, First thing, I would say thank you, because at this moment, um, the only thing that I can offer them is uh, um, one honest and pure and full of love thank you, because what they are doing is not just um, giving something, but is changing a life. Uh, for an eternity, and um, I just want you to think, like, and to imagine um, when you are going to bed, how happy you'd be when you know that you changed a life like mine and another life. Mm. Um, and I feel so honored to know that there are people who, by their acts, telling us that we are special and that we are not a mistake. Mm. By what you are doing, you are saying me that I'm not a mistake and I really appreciate what you are doing and I know one thing that it doesn't matter how much you have what really matters is who you are and by what you are doing it shows who you really are and you are giving others a dream and a hope to live and I think my big desire for this life is to do the same that you are doing now to change your life I think you make a very good point in that the money doesn't just go towards the bricks and mortar to make the house. The money is telling people like yourself that you are worth it and that you are not a mistake and that we love you uh, just by giving to uh, this organization and other organizations too that work so directly uh, with people like yourself. If you want to get in touch with Stella's Voice, you can go to stellasvoice.org. You can make donations through the website and find out a whole lot more about the amazing many different arms of the ministry, stellasvoice.org. Ulazana, you have an amazing story of hope, how God has found you and he's assured you that you are his child, that he loves you more than anything and uh, that he has a wonderful plan for your life and you're already going out and touching so many other lives and you're only 19 years old. You've still got a few years in front of you yet to be able to get out and change so many lives. That's an exciting thought, isn't it? Yes, thank you very much. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on and having a chat with us this morning. We really appreciate it. Uh, You enjoy the rest of your time in Australia. Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, what more can be said? What a fantastic story. Ulazana now has hope and purpose in her life after such a horrific childhood. Now, the sky is the limit for her and she's helping other orphans as well. It's wonderful how we in Australia can play a part in turning lives around in seemingly hopeless situations. As Shelley said, the website is stellasvoice.org. We'll end today with these verses from the Bible that I think are quite appropriate in light of Ulazana's story. The Lord sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to comfort all who mourn and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. 
Well, thanks for joining us for this inspiring story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. And so when she sent the photograph over, it was only half a photograph right up to the waist. And on the top it said 786, which means I begin in the name of Allah. So my dad had a good look at the photograph and he said, Oh, he's not only a good-looking man, but he's also a very committed Muslim because he has put 786. So, okay, you can go and get married to him. The decision was made. Abida Peltola was born in India and raised in a strict Muslim family. She eventually moved to Fiji after only seeing a photo of her husband-to-be who was picked out by her sister. Her life took an unexpected twist one day when her sister said she'd put her faith in Jesus. We'll hear Abita's story next time. The story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.